Welcome everyone to Ian Hates Conversations. My name is Ian. Joining me on this episode is Zach, the vocalist of Offended by Everything. If you listen to Ian Hates Music, you know how much of a fan I am of their new EP Evergreen, available now through Standby Records, and the name, of course. We have a lot to talk about, so let's get right to it right after I play the track Deadweight from Evergreen. Enjoy. I know I'm not as much, but I thought it could be 
All right, everyone, and welcome back to Ian Hates Conversations. I am here on the phone with Zach of Offended by Everything. Zach, man, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you today, Ian? I am not too bad. Now, I know we went over some stuff, you know, off air, and now you are in a wooden room surrounded by dogs. Is that correct? I am actually in the most acoustically sound room surrounded by dogs. Yes, it's the best place to be. <laughs> Absolutely. But look, I have been looking forward to this for a while. Obviously, you've heard the show where we did a review for the new EP, Evergreen. Yeah. Okay. Let's get started right away. I did want to ask, are you yourself from Dallas? Uh, no, I'm actually from Boston. That's what I thought because I saw two of your music videos. I mean, I've seen more, but in two of them, for you call it normal and I'm gone. There are a Red Sox jersey and a Bruins jersey prominently <laughs> displayed over everything. So how'd you get out to Texas? Uh, family, nothing crazy. Um, Texas is cool. I like it a lot. Um, I, I grew up in the North Shore. I didn't. I, I lived in the North Shore, um, Gloucester to be exact. Oh sure. And um, yeah, and uh, I just have, always have a ton of family out there too. Um, just a really beautiful state, beautiful, uh, city, you know, um, I miss, I was there a few weeks ago for the, uh, four year strong Christmas show. Oh, very like nice. Knock, okay. Yeah. It was crazy. It was like knocked loose. I lost her words. Keep flying. It was nuts. Um, nothing equates to Boston, but I like Dallas a lot. Oh, very cool. And the reason why I asked was because I do the show out of Boston. Oh, sick. Yeah. yeah. I saw you, I saw your, um, uh, I saw the, you know, the call tag whenever you called me and said Boston. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, I didn't even know. Now, the reason why I wasn't at that Four Year Strong concert was because I had to go where my parents live now for Christmas. So, you know, you do the drop-in and everything. But that was, yeah, when nice, that, yeah. Yeah, that was when that show was going on. But that's very cool. Now, I personally, I'm a huge fan of Dallas. So if you ever mm -hmm. want to switch, you know, feel free. You can do podcasting. I'll front the band. Like, I'm <laughs> totally cool with that. Tell me when and where, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did want to ask because I do like Dallas so much. Dallas is a nice city. It's a nice city. Well, I love that deep Elm area. Yeah, yeah. I live about ten minutes from there. It's a great place to get grab some grubs, some drinks, see some friends. You'll see some people like people you know always there, which is always super cool. That's very cool. Now, do you mind telling people who might be able to go to the area? Do you have a favorite food place that's there? Oh man. Okay, I got, I got two. Okay. Um, there's this place on Main Street. It's Deep Elm called easy slider um it's a really cool environment uh they have this three dollar mystery shot which is pretty cool you don't know what you're gonna get but it's three dollars for a shot so you don't really ask that many questions exactly um all their burgers um they're sliders but if you get two of them they fill you up uh they have a lot of they have this one that's a i'm a it's like the uh revolution or something it's about france but it's like got a, um a caramelized onion a gruyere cheese ah. um, i'm a culinary guy so like i get really really like into like food and whatnot like sure. i analyze it <laughs> it's got a lot of good stuff on it um i, I won't talk about that place too long but check definitely check out easy slider thanks to this taco shop it's also very good okay I make a list though um then oni ramen there's this ramen shop across from elm street tattoo which is oliver peck's studio if you yeah know who that is He's i've been over there yep. mm -hmm. it's his studio yeah and um uh, it's a really nice ramen spot um Super low key, uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, they have all the Japanese beers there, and their ramen broth is amazing, and their noodles are great. So those are the two places I'd always recommend to anybody that comes to Dallas. Definitely check those places out. Oh, very cool. And now also to kind of you know jump on that as well, you guys, I know you guys are playing a lot 
in Deep Ellum. You've got some tour yeah. dates coming up in like Florida and Missouri as well. But what I liked about Deep Ellum when I was there, you know, besides the food and the tattoos and, you know, the art, was that almost every corner there's a concert venue there. Do you have yeah. a Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite one? Uh, in Deep Ellum? Yeah. Uh, I'll answer it in two ways. We uh, The venue we may play most consistently in Dallas is definitely the Profit Bar, which is connected to The Door, which, well, it's not called The Door anymore. It's called 2513 Deep Ellum. I've seen some crazy shows there. Yeah. Um, Emo Night's usually there. Profit, actually, actually, yeah, I, I got to say Profit Bar is definitely my favorite venue. To oh, play. very cool. All right. The and people that work there are great. Very nice. Now, you bring up the Emo Nights as well. Now, are those the Emo Nights? There are so many now. Are they emo yeah. nights where bands play or are they emo nights where like a band will put together a playlist for people and then people will just listen as they drink? Okay, yeah. So um, the last time they did what you just said, the playlist with the bands and whatnot, yeah. that was in July. Um, okay. That was like their big anniversary party. But now we were one of the we were the we were the first pop punk band to play emo night in Dallas on in August. I think it was like August 6th, maybe. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, like, they started bringing bands in. And it's really cool because people that go to Emo Night don't usually go to local shows. Really? Yeah, they usually don't. They just go there to the party. But they're um, uh, but if there's a live band playing and they can see that at the ticket price, they're stoked to go and check them out. And we get a lot of support, a lot of uh, supportive people oh, because very- of that. And I, uh, we're super happy to have done it at least. We've done it twice. And that's it's always been such a great night for, for us all. Very cool. Now I, I definitely have to ask, obviously, because you know, a yeah, lot of sure. people yeah, a lot of people go, we still listen. Is there any specific song that you get excited about when emo nights playing? Man, I've been to so many emo nights yeah. that I don't get excited for much of the songs. Although <laughs> <laughs> I hear and I go into like emo night, I, no matter what time of night it is, I just walk out there and I hear I miss you but Link 182 or ah. King for a day by Pierce the Bill. Oh, sure. Okay. No, don't, get me, don't get me wrong, I get hyped. I get so fuck I get wicked stoked, man. <laughs> I get wicked stoked, but it's, it's, it's like, it's fun. I love it because everyone there, like people you normally don't see at shows are there and you get to finally like catch up with them and connect with them. So, um, but best song, goddamn best song or even best band, like a band that just really makes you happy that you're hearing it on because basically it's like a radio, right? So you're like, Hey, I'm just, I'm just glad they're playing this band for other people to hear it. Man, when they play either Yellow Card or Taking Back Sunday, okay, All that's right. got to be it. That's got to be it. Because like that's that's when I'll st- I'll pull my pride aside and just go up there and go nuts. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it's from first to last, but they rarely ever do oh, that. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. yeah, but they don't tend to play them when at least at the emo nights that I go to. So that's like a band that gets me excited, but they're not doing it. You know. Yeah, I mean, the last Emo Night I went to, they played Skrillex, which is kind of weird. <laughs> that is kind of, I'm going to give you that. That is pretty, pretty damn weird. It's pretty weird, but it's, it's like, it's like a little bit of from first to last, but. That's you know. true. That is very true. All right. So look, I just want to get some of that stuff out of the way right away, but we have a lot to talk about with the new let's EP Evergreen. Yeah, let's do it. So obviously you heard the review. We talked about that already. Yeah. So. First, let me say congratulations on Evergreen. I was just really happy to hear that to start the year off right with some really good music. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. So now you're a fairly newer band, right? You've got two. Yeah, we started in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. So for 
two years, basically, of being a band, you've already got two EPs out. You've got Never Too Late to Start Again, and now you've got mm-hmm. Evergreen. So what got you into this style of music in the first place? Uh, growing up, um, I, was, I wasn't really into music per se. I mean, like, in fifth grade, I got an iPod shuffle, like little ones that looked like a Listerine strip. You know sure. what I mean? <laughs> and uh, and uh, all I had on there was like breaking whatever my brother bought on iTunes. He brought like Breaking Benjamin, mm-hmm. um, Three Days Grace. I was I always loved Three Days Grace. Was the first record I ever bought was actually One X with oh, my wow. allowance money. Okay, yeah, all right. great record. First of all, but um, <laughs> um, but I never really got into like this kind of music until I think my sophomore year of high school. Um, I just kind of thought music was like, oh, it, it exists. That's cool. <laughs> until I am a, oh my god, I was in a music theory class my sophomore year. And uh, I played in some church bands and whatnot. You know, my dad wanted me to do some church music and whatnot. Okay. And uh, and um, they were looking. This my friend Toby was like, "Hey, I'm looking for a I'm a singer for my pop punk band." Like he just posted on Twitter, and I was like, "I I, I guess I can sing." <laughs> and uh, we're we were, and he told me the name of the band. It's uh called Help Wanted. Okay. And uh, we had no idea what we were doing. We released one song on YouTube that was terribly edited. Like it was just live, but we tried to make the video fun by putting Ah. phones on two separate sides of the room. Oh, wow. And recording at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) And try to make that happen. And uh, if you look hard enough, you'll find it. I I urge that you don't. Oh, no, I'm definitely. But uh, that's that's, then you started showing me bands like the story so far and like Major League and like Mm -hmm. all these really wicked, cool pop punk bands. And that is kind of like absorbed the culture and the uh, unity behind it. And it just kind of made me who I am today. I started going to local shows as soon as I could, as soon as I was able to save the money, buy as much merch as I could. Yeah. that's really what got me into it. I didn't know this like genre existed, but I just wanted to play. It's funny because all I wanted to do was be a singer in a band. And then I discovered this whole new world. Wow. Wow. Pretty yeah. interesting. All right. So then you're also kind of, are you doing the unclean vocals that show up every once in a while? Yeah, that's me. Okay. Yeah. So you're doing the clean vocals. You're doing the unclean vocals. Did you do any training for that? Uh, Not really. Um, When I was... 16 on work tour they're doing that like uh think tei workshops oh and sure. i went yeah. yeah i went to that and it was like i went to maddie mullins and kellen quinn's class oh I wow was, okay yeah i was super into that my mom got me the tickets for my birthday bless her heart shout out to my mom <laughs> by the way she's the best shout out um, to moms out there <laughs> super supportive yeah for sure and um uh they just kept saying melissa cross melissa cross all the ah, stuff yeah yeah so i just watched the first 15 minutes of the dvd i got bored because i'm not type of person to sit still and like watch it but in the first 15 minutes they gave me she gave me such like fantastic knowledge and intelligence behind using your voice to its best potential and i guess that's like the best training i've ever gotten honestly just listening to her like i'd love to meet her one day i look up to her a lot um i think i ended up watching the whole thing recently and it does actually um open your eyes a bit on what you should and shouldn't do yeah um, I also recommend that to any any artist that is going for more harsh vocals or or cleans. Um, no matter what you're doing, no matter what genre, I definitely recommend checking it out. Very cool. Yeah, I also have those DVDs, and I tend to skip around, but there's yeah. a lot of really yeah. good knowledge there. Absolutely. Oh, great knowledge in there. Great wisdom. Yeah, that's very true. Now, so since you took some of that knowledge, and obviously you're you know you are the vocalist of Offended by Everything, are you? Or when you go out on tour and you're playing live, have you ever had an instance where you've blown out your voice? Because you're going at it pretty hard. Mm-hmm. 
uh, most recent tour, actually, San Antonio. Luckily, okay. there weren't a whole ton of people there, but enough for me to get, I don't want to use the word embarrassed, but I guess frustrated. Because okay. um, the night before, we had played Wichita, Kansas, and then we drove to San Antonio the next day. Like, I was beat, oh, obviously. That's, okay. a, that's a long drive right. for a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't help the fact that I was drinking, too, and that's, that's something I learned pretty quick um, to not do. Gotcha. Uh, on the road but um it was we cut down the song from eight songs in the, the set eight songs in a set to five songs like i looked at jared and i was like i can't do this like in the oh. set, it was like we need to cut it short um but i've at that after that set i sat there and moped then i got on my phone and looked up like what like i looked up i'm like at least like 10 different articles on how to take care of your voice on the road in short yep. notice and um, i found this really cool recipe for like, like that gives you like an hour and a half of time of like where your voice is like ready to go. And all I do is oh. gargle salt water three times. Before that, I drink some honey. So I do honey, salt water, honey, salt water. You're good to go. It's warm salt, salt water. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but it like, it helps a lot, honestly. And I'm super grateful to figure that out. My biggest, my biggest fear of touring is that like my voice would give out because right. I'm not. I mean, I was in choir, but I wasn't necessarily classically trained. Like I don't know how to use my body. Oh, okay, sure. sure. When it comes to singing, mm -hmm. so I just kind of figured it out on my own. And uh, what works for you works for you. you yeah, know? that's kind of exactly. what I figured out. Yeah, I don't think there's always a one method fits all. But when you find oh, for that, sure. yeah, when you find that one thing though that really works, and that's great, and that's. I don't, I don't know how it happens sometimes, but I know some people don't even need to worry about anything. I've, I've talked to plenty of people on the show where they're like, no alcohol the entire time. And then I know people that are like, no, 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 I have to drink in order oh, to Oh, yeah, for this. sure. So it's, it's a very weird like, kind I'm, of I'm kind of a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so is it the no drinking before singing or is it – Hey, I can go ahead and have some drinks <laughs> after. <laughs> That's not it at all. It's just I like to have a beer or two before I go on. That's ah, really okay. It. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of breaks, especially in a city that like you don't know anybody, and they they come here to see you, and you're like, oh man, I don't want to, you know, be awkward on stage. And people use that as a, as a scapegoat to be like, oh, I'm drunk because I don't want to, you know, make people think I'm weird on stage. Right. That's not really it. I think it's more of an anxiety thing. It kind of calms the nerves. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, gotcha. and I don't want to smoke too much either. Like usually, I just smoke a cigarette or two, and I'm good. I don't want to do that on tour. Yeah, that's got to be. I mean, I would imagine the smoking would be the toughest thing on your voice. Oh, for sure. And my my dumbass never <laughs> stopped doing it for the longest time. <laughs> I realized this isn't good for you. So, <laughs> so obviously, you've got some dates coming up in Dallas, and then you're going to be going to Florida and Missouri. Is there anything that you do specifically? to get ready for traveling and doing those, you know, on the road dates? Uh, yeah, I give myself a lot of week. Um, kind of take like a mental health week. Like I'll work my job and whatnot. Uh, I'm a server. I, uh, I do all that stuff. I want to, of course you have to make money, but at the same time, you don't want to go out and excessively drink every night. Right. You know, go out to, it's, it's so tempting to defile them right there. Like, don't get me oh, wrong. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's so tempting. You know, you can't go out and party. You have to realize that like, Hey, People have been waiting for us to come here, whether it's one person, two people, or 200, which, you know, you never know who. You want to make sure that night that they remember that they put their trust in the right band, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So I, re I remember that. And for that entire week beforehand, just nothing but water, um, nothing but, you know, warm food, no, no dairy. Dairy is so bad for your voice. Right. Yeah, um, very true. Yeah, because it makes, like, you, 
creates that mucus in your throat and it just is hard to coat it with what it needs to be coated with. Right. Um, a lot of that, also a lot of networking, like reaching out to people be like, Hey, I want to see, I'm going to be here next week. I want to see you there. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of that it's, um, uh, you do a lot of work before tour until you're on tour. And if people think that tour is always the uh, most difficult part of being in a band, but it's always the work leading up to that, that I've come to realize is very, very tenuous and difficult. Right. Right. Do you guys as a band do all that, you know, pre-work for a tour or is that on you? Uh, like booking and whatnot. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, my, uh, good friend of mine, Nick Womack actually books all these, uh, most of our, he booked our last tour. I also work for him, Dallas independent entertainment. We book bands and whatnot that come through our state. Oh, very cool. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. TIE, uh, yeah. <laughs> really cool acronym. <laughs> um, but, uh, this tour I think was booked mostly by John Benjamin from Shin Up Kid. Oh, um, I helped out in some cities. Yeah, I helped out in some cities, but he basically took the helm of this. Um, we don't have any representation or management. We just kind of do this ourselves because right. we're not trying to, you know, overcompensate for what we're doing. We're just trying to do what we can do the best way we can. So you had signed in 2018 with Standby Records. Do they help yeah. out with that at all? Yeah, they. Um, uh, they. It, it's nice to have that that uh name next to our name mm-hmm. it helps out a lot when it comes to booking these tours and whatnot right um they have mostly helped us with our publicity which is something we've struggled with a lot oh sure yeah. um our pr as well they've been super helpful with that um all, all around like neil has done a fantastic job of helping our band oh good um i understand there's been a lot of heat behind the label but it's just like you have to understand that like there's different contracts for different bands right exactly you know yeah, yeah don't sign unless you're you know already established and ready to make that next step right um which is what we we had that long talk about for a while but uh they've done a great job with uh giving us contacts that we might need yeah uh, in the future um a lot of people are like oh you're just the fact that we're signed to a to a somewhat reputable label has helped us in a lot of areas oh sure um yeah like just the distribution as well has been super easy and it's been super like after doing it independently for so long and then having someone help us and take over the helm has just been a godsend. It's been super fucking easy. So then what was that process like? So you put out the EP never too late to start again. And did you shop that around to record labels and then you got the introduction to standby records? Uh, surprisingly, no, we never shopped that EP. Oh, um, okay. yeah, we never shopped it. We just, uh, Whenever me and Jarrett and uh, our old bassist Jason um, got together and bust this thing out, we uh, weren't expecting anything big to happen. We're like, let's just play a couple shows, like whatever, It'd be fun. I was in a metal band at the time. I played the guitar. Oh, um, okay. It was just kind of like, a, let's do it, you know? Yeah. Like, why not? And uh, we, the whole EP, uh, Andrew Good uh, produced it mm-hmm. and recorded it. He, um, uh, the whole thing cost us like two hundred and fifty dollars. The whole EP. That's really good. Yeah, like 50 bucks a song. Wow. No jokes. At that point, we were like, let's not put too much into it. Um, Let Go was the first song I ever wrote for the band. And um, I wrote it in a parking lot outside of Freebirds, if you know what Freebirds is. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting there eating my fucking burrito on my phone, just playing the song over and over again, writing stuff. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that was, um, uh, we just, just I just really wanted to sing in a a band, just like the shows. Yeah. Um, And that's what we did. We, um, uh, we just busted it out. 22 was a lot of fun to record and write. I'll let the song will always have a special place in my heart. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's, it's the acoustic version is such a great song. Um, it is. First song we ever released. Right. Um, 
but it never started again. Was kind of it's kind it's kind of an enigma for most for some reasons in the local scene because like it had a following, but we weren't doing much with it. Oh, and so okay. one day we all woke up in the group chat and we're like, "Oh shit, people actually like this. Let's like take it <laughs> seriously." Right. So my life's been nothing but OBE since then, and I'm totally cool with it. Ha! Huh. That's uh, that's pretty funny. Like, I obviously I found you through Evergreen, but then I mm-hmm. went back to listen to the EP, and I love that as well. So it's so different, though, right? It like, is. It's very different, and we're gonna definitely talk about that for sure. I did want to mention though. So that first track on the older EP. So for that song, uh, and I, I always get the name wrong, but it, it's Hollywood something, right? Yeah, what's so great about Hollywood? Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah. What's so great about Hollywood? I am a huge fan of that song, and I'm just wondering. Oh, thank you. Yeah, does that have something to do, like, do you actually feel that way about the celebrity culture? Or was that just based on, you know, whatever girl you were singing about? <laughs> a little bit of both. Okay, all right. A little bit of both. Um, that song was uh, written by me, Jarrett, and Jason. I think I think Jason really took the helm on that one. I keep saying take the helm. I should use a different <laughs> phrase for once. <laughs> he, uh, they kind of led that. Um, okay. And I just kind of – they gave me songs because at the time I wasn't serious about it. I was like, oh, I'm, what, you know, like 19, 20 years old. Like, fuck it. Right. Like, I don't want to – I don't want to have to deal with that. Um <laughs> Like, you guys just write your own songs with a sing it, like, whatever. Band name's stupid. Like, all these <laughs> things, you know? Like, you know? I don't feel – obviously, I don't feel that way now. My, my right. band's fucking great. Oh, yeah. But uh, but as I as I was, like – you know, like, they wrote what they, what they felt about the song, and then I, like, adjusted it to where I felt more comfortable with it. I okay. think what it's really about is um, um, it sucks at that time of your age, like, 18, 19, 20, 17, when – you really care a lot about somebody and um, uh, you want them to succeed and pursue their dreams and their goals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it, but it sucks that you have to be left behind, like ah, in the wake of it. Sure. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. And, um, uh, and that's, that's really what the song I think is about. Um, Cause it's like, it's like at the same time, it's like, there's that one there. Like, it's not like it, it's not like it's easy. Like I wear my heart on my sleeve. It's not like it's easy to watch you walk away from me. Right. Um, you know, like you want people to succeed. Like you want your friends and people you love to succeed, but it's so hard to let them whenever, you know, like oh, yeah. a year or two from now, you'll be forgotten. Right. I totally get it. I actually really like the line where it's like, you can go off to Hollywood, but I'd rather be here in Texas. <laughs> That's, that, that, that lyric right there does hit home for a lot of people here, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Well, let's let's talk about the transition to evergreen then since that album oh, is sure. you know so different was there any change because you now had a label behind you it seems like there might be a change based on you like caring a lot more about what you're putting into it as well so what were those big differences uh evergreen we actually started writing in october of 2017 oh, i'm gone was the first song we wrote yeah it was called hummingbirds only oh. really ones remember that okay. but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was called hummingbirds completely different song gotcha um it was just, I want to take it more seriously. I wanted an edgier edge to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jarrett's a fantastic songwriter. And um, uh, I was just at that point where I was, I thought I knew everything at 19 or 20 years old. <laughs> That's really it. That's what I thought. But Jarrett has been in so many great bands. And uh, I realized to like just swallow my pride. Okay. So um, I was like, let's just put out a banger of an EP. Yeah. And we started writing it in October of last year. And um, uh, we didn't. We finished it in I think February or, oh shit, no, that was like May. Oh okay. 
we spent a long time on it. Like we wanted to like release something that was personal to us. We're also going through some member changes and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Me and Jared are the only ones that have like really stuck around the entire time. Ah, okay. And now you're a yeah. four piece now too, right? Yes, we are. Uh, until tomorrow, but oh. you'll hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, hey, by the way, since this doesn't come out tomorrow, since this will probably be out next week, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, oh, you mean like the um, uh, the new member? Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. It's just my buddy Trey from Light the Fire is going to be helping us out. Oh, that's very cool. And they actually, by the time like people won't know this, but since we're recording this right before friday their new oh that's album, right yeah. yeah their new album comes out on friday too right yeah it's really fucking good too that's what i heard i'm looking forward to hearing it there's this one song that if it doesn't blow up on the airwaves if i'll tell you you should just like the band should just quit like it's, <laughs> it's like you've done your best but like they, they have this one song it's on the um, uh it's it's someone's on the promo for their new album if you see it on standby or like their personal pages or the band page yeah yeah um it's so beautiful oh it's very a nice. great piece of art and um, I'm super excited for that. And uh, me and Trey have played in bands before together. Well, one band. But okay. All right. Yeah. So then, why is he now joining Offended by Everything? Because he's got the drive of a fucking workhorse, man. Like he does not stop. Like he's super motivated. He wants music to be his thing, and he's great at it too. Mm-hmm. Um, he literally works for music. Like he's a guitar salesman. You know. Oh sure. Yeah. <laughs> in a really nice shop in like a really nice neighborhood outside of Dallas. Okay. And. Um, and he's also a great singer too. And I'm just tired. I mean, Josh, our drummer has been like busting his ass to sing for us. I'm like, man, you're drumming. Like you don't have to sing. Ah, <laughs> like, see, and that's what I was going to get to as well. I wasn't sure if when you guys played live and then also when you're recording, if you were doing everything, it sounded almost like there was someone else there. So is that Josh doing that? Uh, okay. So our old drummer's name is also Josh. Ah, um, okay. He sang the part in Deadweight. You ought to know. You ought to know. These tired eyes can see right through. That's him. Okay. All right. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. And I take it slow. Please don't leave. Or I'll be broken and lonely. Our new drummer, Josh, fantastic guy, really cool dude. Um, he does some of the live stuff now too. Ah, he's okay. a great. He's a great musician all around. He plays for like thirty-five different bands, and he just remembers her stuff and how to sing it. And that's crazy. Wow. Okay. By adding a new member, you're hoping to take that weight off of him a little bit. Yeah, take the weight and all around, we just focus on what our jobs are and execute right. them as well as we can. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, that makes total sense. All right. Well, that's awesome to hear that that's happening. Okay. So go on. I'm sorry. I know I kind of interrupted there to go off on that tangent a little bit, but. Oh, you're good. So Evergreen was a, um, uh, this was, it was a weird time of my life. And I just started writing all these songs about random stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, our buddy, Scott Buchanan, uh, he produced it. He recorded it. He also told me what sounded good and what didn't, oh, which sure. I think was like the biggest part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I become a greater musician than I was before, and so is Jared. Oh, very cool. Um, I think that – I think Standby hit us up in September. I was in Arkansas, actually, in Fayetteville visiting my friend. They were about to go out before I had to leave the next day. And um, I got the call from Jared, and I was like, yo, dudes, we just have signed to a record label. And that was the wildest night I've ever been. <laughs> but that's, I guess that's, I guess that's the best history I can give you around that whole EP. Um, all in all, we're all very proud of it. Um, everyone in the band now that were in it, that wasn't in it then, um, they're very proud to be a part of the project as well. And I'm very proud to have a great group of men behind me that are making this thing work. That's awesome, man. That sounds great. 
when you go through so many member changes and you're trying to find your sound, that can oh, it all gets be, disheartening. Yeah, 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 really does. And you hear about bands breaking up so often, so it's great that you're able to move through that and really cement everything. So let me ask you this: there was something that we brought up like a lot when we were doing the review for the EP. We talked about how it's definitely pop punk. But it sounded like you added some other genres in there. There was some emo, some screamo, maybe a little post-hardcore in there as well. Was that something you were trying for? Or was that an organic process? That was totally organic. Like whenever you guys said it on the on the podcast um, a, f- a week or two ago, yeah, um, I was like, that makes perfect sense to me because oh, okay. um, I'm a huge fan of movements and I uh, love like the uh, spoken word to screaming type stuff. Yep, and. Um, and Jarrett like grew up in like the like when Screamo was huge. Yeah. You know? Right. It was right. the thing. And so we just kind of brought everything together. And whenever you said it, I was like, holy crap, we just made Screamo again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's cool. I'm like, it's sick. Um, I'm up for it. I love it. That, yeah, I, I love it too, honestly. I, I I oh my god, that feedback in my ear. I'm so sorry, Katie. Hear <laughs> it's that? all right. Yeah, I'll try and take it out if I can. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> But um, it was just, just a super organic and healthy process. We just let it kind of bloom into what it is now. And I'm cool. excited to see what we do like with a shorter time schedule for a full length or another EP. Yeah, I guess. And I have some more questions about Evergreen as well. But hitting on that, is that the next plan? Are you going to be trying to get out either another EP or a full length before the end of this year? Or are you thinking something around 2020? We're honestly not sure right now. Um when it comes to that, we, we've discussed the topic of having a full length and we've also discussed the topic of having a split. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a split with another band. Yeah. So we can just have more songs. Like at this point, like we don't want to put the effort into a, uh, into writing 10 songs. Cause I mean, we took us six months to write five really good ones. You know, we don't want to write anything less than that. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's just kind of what we're at the crossroads at. We don't know if we want to do another EP. We, 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 we started writing new songs. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah we're right. always writing stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is neither here nor there, but, um, <laughs> sorry. I, whenever you bring up, first of all, I love the line about regret in evergreen as well. Was that in oh, dead weight? Sure, yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that. So when you let, anytime I hear about regret, I start laughing because I go, <laughs> I regret everything I've ever done in my life. So that's why it's just, it's funny for me. <laughs> even this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm like, why, why am I even doing this? Yeah. This is the one. This is the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, man. Uh, <laughs> so for the actual recording process for Evergreen, how did you, you had mentioned that Jarrett, you know, helped you with songwriting. Did you both sit down together and write music and lyrics together or did you work separately and then go back and forth we work separately for sure jared would take care of the instrumental with scott um the guy mentioned earlier he also plays in a band called nerve they're great check them out Oh, okay all right sounds good um yeah n-e-r-v um but uh yeah it was was super separate because he'd like he'd go to scott's they'd write the song they send it to me and i work on the lyrics um i finish the lyrics and go to scott and he would be like oh this will be more catchy like this and i'd be like oh okay cool that's literally how it was that's how um uh, i know it's kind of an orthodox way to release music but that's how we do it um yeah i just i just am given a template of a instrumental and i just I, I i justify five emotions i feel when i hear it and i just go off that yeah that's really- when you write yourself though is it more, are you writing all the time or do you actually set aside time or is it some emotional thing where you're like, oh, I got to write this really quick? 
Oh, it's definitely an emotional thing okay. for sure. All right. Um, I don't pay for therapy. I don't pay for any of that shit. I don't <laughs> do drugs either. So I just use this as my way to use this as an outlet. Right. That makes complete sense. So I totally get that. So yeah. I am going to pivot because I don't often do this, but I do have to ask. You made a joke about it earlier. I want to check back in on it. <laughs> I don't normally, I swear to you, I don't normally do this, but I have to ask about the name. I have to ask about the name the offended name. by everything. I, I have to. I, I don't normally believe me. You can listen to the hundreds and hundreds of episodes I've done on this show, and I've never asked that question, but I have to ask it now <laughs> because I love the name so much, and I want every piece of merchandise that you have to have it on there. <laughs> Was it just something as a throwaway, or were you looking to piss people off? Like, was it an actual political <laughs> message? Um, okay, this kind of goes back. You just open a whole fucking can of worms, buddy. Of course. Okay. So, when I had, I had to audition for the band, it was just Jarrett and Jason at the time. Okay. Uh, I saw the ad on Instagram. I just left the band I was in. I've been bandless for three days. It was a weird feeling. So, I was like, yeah, I'll audition for this. Stupid band name, all this stuff, you know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt at the time. Like I said, I was like 19 years old. Sure. And um, uh, <laughs> and I asked them. On the very first night, of, like after I like, they're like, "You're the singer now." All this stuff. Mm -hmm. We met at like a Razoo's, which is like a Cajun kitchen. Ah, okay. In like Louisville, Texas. <laughs> and the first thing I asked them was like, "Why the name?" And Jarrett, who's like a marketing genius, and Jason, who was in the same job as well, look at me, they're like, dude, it's super marketable. Yeah. And like, people will remember it. Yeah. It's very, you know, true. and I see that, I see that over time. And uh, I love the name now. Like, yeah. it's, it's super easy to remember. You will never forget it. It's very true. Um, yeah. Uh, it's super easy to remember. You'll never forget it. And uh, it's cool selling shirts that say offended by everything in the front. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> people ask about that. People ask about that, you know? No, I'm not surprised. Like, oh, so you're offended by everything? You're like, no, uh, this is a really cool band. You should check them out. We make fans off that. Yeah. You know? Right. It's honestly not a bad idea. And people are like, your name's stupid. I was like, you think Knuckle Puck wasn't a stupid name well, when you right. first heard it? You're lying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like even watching Mighty Ducks as a kid, I thought the name Knuckle Puck was dumb. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I Mighty Ducks is my favorite movies of all time. I'm a hockey guy, too. You like the Bruins, so that makes sense. Oh, of course. I love fucking love the bees. I'm fucking wearing a shirt right now that says Wicked Awesome with the Bruins logo <laughs> below it. Fantastic. <laughs> no, look, I do a movie show as well, and we did a podcast where we did all three movies and went right through oh, them. So I love it. Believe me. Yeah, but if anyone doesn't think that Knucklepuck, like that, that name isn't dumb. Exactly. That's what people say. Like, your band's going to go nowhere, gonna go nowhere because your name is dumb. And I'm like, I can name you three bands with silly names that are huge right now, and they make great music. Oh, absolutely. You know? I, I totally agree with the marketing point. I think it works out perfectly. I think my line in the review podcast was also, I want them to come here live so I can buy all their merch that has offended by everything on everything. <laughs> so I, I totally get it. But that's why I had to ask because... Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things where you wonder, is it directly to piss people off? Is it a marketing thing? Is it a political thing? Is it about like how you feel about society, man? You know, like all that kind of stuff. So it's very cool to hear that even if it isn't something that's very personal to you, it's something that really works on multiple levels. Absolutely, yeah. Also, the best part is saying, hey, we're offended by everything from Dallas, Texas. That's the 
That's ah, the best part of the show. <laughs> that is damn good. So I do have to ask then, with all the touring that you're going to be doing, you know, it's not going to happen now, but towards the end of 2019, maybe something like that. Do you plan on getting to the East Coast at all? I mean, you already have connections here. Uh, I've been actually working really hard um, for August. Okay. Um, trying to figure this out because there's a festival on the East Coast that I really want us to play. And I feel like we should and we could. Um, I think I but, know uh, what festival you're talking about. but It's, it's down the so- southern side of the East Coast. Okay. Well, all right. We might not be talking about this. <laughs> I was I was thinking of the one called Warp Tour. Oh no! <laughs> oh my God! If, if only. <laughs> hey, maybe, you never know. Maybe, you never know. You never, you never know. know. So okay, all right. So there's another festival. Okay, that's towards the end of the East Coast. I gotcha. But yeah. So so like if we if we can if we can be confirmed for that, then we plan on making a run out of the East Coast. Ah, that's very like, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's just see how that goes. You know, business and whatnot. Well, right, and I know it's tough and. You know, you know the area enough. And did you ever go to Worcester for shows when you were out here? Uh, no. Oh, you went to Four Years Strong, though, didn't you? I was there recently, but I've never been to Worcester. No. Oh, okay. Before that. Okay, gotcha. So right now, there's a weird thing happening where if there's a big, big show, so like they just announce All That Remains and Attila and then, you know, Dance Gavin nice. Dance and all that kind of stuff. You've got these big scene tours that are going around, but they're not playing Boston. They're playing Worcester. It's a big scene. I noticed that the second I stepped in that Palladium. Like. Yeah, exactly. The Palladium is always the one. And it's very strange, though, because you would think the draw would be in Boston, right? I would not want to drive to Boston for a show, personally. <laughs> oh, well, if you lived outside to go into Boston. But you, you, yeah, you would think that easy, yeah. Yeah, you would think the surrounding areas of Boston, people would want to go to Boston and not Worcester. Yeah. Well, it's also because Boston's gotten so expensive in that scene there. That is true. Um, if you're not playing House of Blues, then good luck finding anywhere else to play. Yeah. Um, and a lot of bands that are on tour can't just fucking play House of Blues because it's the fucking House of Blues. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, we have a city in North Texas called Denton. Okay. Um, which is my favorite place to play because there's, like, the, the last show we played was in a pizza shop's basement. Ah, okay. It was the last day of our tour. It was super sick. Yeah. It's a free venue. It supports the local scene. There's a bunch of venues in Denton. It's also a college town. Okay. Um, I love Denton. If I could live there, I would. Oh, um, wow. But my job's here, obviously. Right. But, um, uh, but that's a lot like Denton reminds me a lot of Worcester. Ah, okay. Because you got that college in Worcester, too. Yeah. Right. Um, so a lot of kids from all over the country are there already. True. And I think it's just a, it's just a social hotspot for uh, – for one, local bands, like bands that form there are always really fucking good. There's so many different genres. Whereas in Dallas, it's just, it's so, so oversaturated with metalcore and, um, and whatnot. And all the venues are so expensive to book. And if you want to play a show on the weekday, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to work out well for you. Oh, and that's, okay. yeah, it's really not di- Dallas. Like I book shows too. Yeah. yeah and right. Dallas has become progressively more difficult. And it's a shame because oh, it has so much potential to be a huge thing throughout the nation, but it's just uh, owners get greedy. Uh, well, I can kind of put it. Yeah, I guess I understand that, and that's too bad to hear too. Because I, like I said, I'm trying to actually go down to Dallas because I've loved that area for a long time. I want yeah, a place. Sure. You know what I mean? Like for here in Boston, like you said, House of Blues, and then I can start naming other concert venues. But really, a lot of them don't have that that soul anymore. 
You know, they're not mm-hmm. booking, they're not even booking metalcore bands anymore. So it's more, at least with Deep Ellum, it seems like there's a show there almost every single day. Somewhere. Oh, there is. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually going there after this interview to like go grab a drink or two. Like, oh, very cool. Deep Ellum is where it's at. Like we're going to see a show. We're going to grab some great food and booze. Like Deep Ellum has the potential to be amazing. Right. Yeah. And you don't want to see it slip away like you're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Okay. All right. Well, you know what, man? I think I got a ton of music questions out there. So <laughs> unless, is there anything that I might have missed? Because, I mean, we've talked a lot about the first EP about Evergreen. Was there anything else that you wanted to get out there that you didn't think I asked at all? No, man. I mean, not really. I think it's, I mean, at the very least, it's been a pleasure to be a part of this. Just the fact that you asked, asked us was awesome. We've never had that before. Hey, Zach. <laughs> sorry, man. You disappeared again. Oh my goodness! Can you hear me now? <laughs> no, you sound like you're literally. You sound like you're on a football field talking through a megaphone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go. Now you're back. Now you're back. I don't know what All happened. Right, cool. That's so funny. But no, no. It and, might be the signal. Yeah. By the way, we're not wrapping up the interview right now. I just wanted I to make not. sure that I didn't miss anything musically that we should be going over. I think we're good. I okay. think we should leave it right there. Like people, any questions they might have, let them speculate themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Leave them wanting more is what people exactly. always say, right? So let's go on. For part two. <laughs> there you go. I have other shows that I do for podcasts. So I wanted to ask you for outside influences that you have in your life. Are you a you know TV guy, a movie guy, a book guy, video games? Like what do you do on your free time when you can? Okay. That's an easy, easy question. Uh, I'm a food guy. I'm a foodie. Right. Love to cook. Um. I cook for anyone when I can and I have the money and the time. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's, that's my thing. Um, I, uh, video games for sure, but Hulu is like my life right now. I found this new show. Have you heard of action Bronson before? I have heard of that, but I haven't seen anything yet. Okay. He's from, he's from East New York. He's a rapper. Oh, okay. Wait, um, I thought there was actual show name that though. No, no, no. His sh- he has a show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He gotcha. has a show called fuck. That's delicious. Okay. Right. And it's by Viceland, if you've ever heard yeah, the I do know Viceland. Okay. Viceland. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I have literally done nothing but sit in front of it and watch it <laughs> like the last like week and a half. <laughs> it's the it's the most wholesome content ever. Because you got these guys from East New York, like you know, like us like if you're a city boy, like yeah. you understand like going outside of like your your bubble is like weird. Yes, you know, and right. it's so funny watching them go outside the world. And Action Bronson has a great culinary knowledge too, and like him schooling all his friends on a, on a food like all over the world and all over the states. And also like it's like whenever he's on tour, it's like when they go to these cities and whatnot. And you yeah. have to like see him play live and whatnot. It's it's a it's a really fun thing. I relate to that guy a lot. He's a very uh, wholesome, kind individual. Um, okay. Yeah, and that's the, I'm a t- I'm a TV, food, video game guy. Uh, I love Boston sports too. Obviously, well, right. yeah, for sure. Uh, I would die for Tom Brady. Shouts out to the Super Bowl, though. Yeah, see, that was the thing. I wasn't sure if I should bring that up, just in case you wanted to destroy all of your audience. Oh, no. God, no, dude. <laughs> fucking, fucking Tom Brady is... Just, I don't care what anybody says. His balls are perfect. I don't, <laughs> shiny golden balls. Look, I'm, with you. I'm not a huge NFL person, but I think it's funny when... Like everyone on my timeline of all social media, unless they're the people that I live around here in Boston, 
every single person hates the Patriots, and it makes me laugh every time. It's so funny because it's tired of us winning, dude. <laughs> and I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, I would hate when like I would hate when other teams win too. I totally understand that. When so, yeah. only that team wins. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if it was my team, you know, like for me, so with the whole Texas connection. My yeah. actual basketball team is San Antonio Spurs because I lived in San Antonio a couple times in my life. That's, so a, good, that's a good team. There great, was great yeah, place. there was a time where San Antonio Spurs were winning everything and everyone hated it. And it was just the best feeling for me. Oh, isn't it? Oh, oh my it's God, so good. Yeah. It's so absolutely good. So I could, I could eat it on like a bed of rice. How good it feels. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you, because obviously we all like food, but how did you get into like culinary arts and everything? Uh, my mom. My okay. mom is the biggest supporter and influence in my life. She uh, she would make all these crazy things like uh, spaghetti squash lasagna with like like ground-fed veal. Like she's, she used to have this uh, paleo diet that she would do. Oh, sure. And uh, she always revolved it around Italian food, making it like more healthy for you. Whatnot, right. You know what I mean? Like also the, all, the only happy memories I have is like around a table with like good people I uh, love, you know? Sure. So, are you from an Italian family? Uh, not necessarily. No, my my stepfather's Italian. Okay. So right. there's a lot of that. My mom loves Italian. We're actually German and Czechoslovakian. Oh, okay. I said that. I butchered that. Czechoslovakian. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay, but yeah, you enjoy Italian food, and you enjoy that whole like family. Oh, the whole culture. Yeah, yeah, like around the table, just heaping portions. Like, just give me all of it, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I get. It. I think my dream is to find like a really great Italian girl that has like the family meals every Sunday. Oh, absolutely, yeah. brother. <laughs> All those recipes passed down generation to generation. I totally get that. No, it's so great. Like the secrets that Italians keep, is, it's, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So what do you do on tour then? I mean, obviously you can eat anything, but do you look at the places that you're going on tour and see if you can find like their best random foods that each place has? Oh yeah. I mean like not random. Like I, I, I do like to support the smaller businesses for sure. Okay. Um, but I just look at like what the cities are known for. Like when we were in Austin the other day. I just really wanted some barbecue. Right. Like that's all that I wanted. So I went to Stubbs barbecue, which is luckily like a block away from the venue we were at. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, and it's like barbecue. Cool thing about barbecue, man, is that like they will serve you. Like you'll be like, "Oh, this is so expensive," then you realize you have enough food to feed like four people. True. No, very true. It's like, yeah. It's also I'm I'm very my if I if the band fails, I'm gonna open up a barbecue restaurant. Like it's it's already decided. There you go. <laughs> See, now I'm torn. Um, I don't I don't want it to fail, but then I also want a new barbecue restaurant. I don't know. What exactly. I might just do both. We'll yeah, see how I'm go. feeling. <laughs> um, Get that merch money coming in. Exactly that that fat stacks of merch money. That's right. Um, but uh, definitely, I look up for food on the way there. Our bassist is at ten times better cook than I'll ever be. That's literally all that he does is cook. Oh wow! Um, his yeah. job, he's a cook. He works for like a five star golf course or something. Like, damn, he's 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 fantastic. So all that him and I talk about is food, like on tour. I'm trying to think back. I don't know if I've ever had anyone on the show that either could cook or that was like their main thing that they enjoyed a lot because a lot of the times, I mean, you know how it is. I'm talking to bands who, I mean, I've had really big bands on the show, but most bands are, you know, they're going to Taco Bell at 2 a.m. 
they're not really looking around for like, oh, we should definitely go here. It's more of a necessity than, hey, we can actually take our time to do this. You know what I mean? We can enjoy food. Yeah. You know, that's right. the way it should be. Like you're on the road, like you don't have a whole lot of luxuries on your life, you know, but you might as well take the time out of your day to have a nice meal with your friends. Yeah, right. And that's super important to me. Absolutely. So let me go back. There was a, at the beginning of our talk when we were off air, you had mentioned that you're playing Smash Brothers, right? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so that's another, yeah, another addiction there. Now I don't have, I don't have the ability to to play Smash Brothers. Does it live up to the hype that everyone's talked oh, about? That and then some. Oh honestly. wow. Okay. I, the first game I ever played on the '64 was Smash Brothers. Ah, okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah, and this is the first Smash Brothers I've ever owned since that one. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you didn't do the Wii version? None of it. I mean, I played it before, but I never like owned it. Oh, okay. Right. Um, so I got my, my, uh, father got me the, uh, switch Nintendo switch for Christmas, which Very is cool. a great investment, by the way, if you're a musician on the road, ah, okay. it's the best. You could like set up on our merch table, like a game, super smash, smash brothers, like just right there. Oh, that's cool. And like, that probably people. brings yeah. people in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I want to do this thing on tour last time. I was like, if you can beat me in a one life match on smash brothers, I'll give you a free CD. That I have to pay for, but yeah, we never did that. <laughs> I did it once at our first show in Fort Worth, but yeah. I, I didn't live up to the bargain. I was uh, like, "Oh man, our CDs are six dollars. I wouldn't buy that." <laughs> <laughs> now, we had also mentioned so Resident Evil Two, the remake, is coming oh, out, and then now, so are you good. are you also a Kingdom Hearts guy though too? Oh my God! Don't even get me started, man. Uh, like. <laughs> You had to pull this beast out, man. I heard a lot of Boston accent in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I get excited, yeah. That was great. <laughs> that, that was absolutely great. Well, look, I mean, I, I've got both games coming, so I'm hoping I have the time yeah. to play them. But, I mean, it's been 20 years for Resident Evil 2. Even though this yep. is a remake, they're supposedly supposed to be like almost a whole, like a whole new game. And then with Kingdom Hearts 3, it's been like 10 years. I think it's in 13, yeah. It's 13, or something yeah. crazy. So it's insane. Which makes, oh my god, that would make sense, actually. What What would? Organization 13. If it was 13 years oh, ago, sorry, yeah, I'm getting yeah. really nerdy. I should stop because you're no, no, no. listening to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone loves this shit. Believe me. They, they're all about it. I should I should Perfect. start a Ian Hates Video Games podcast and people will love it. Oh, you'd kill it, yeah. Is that the game you're looking forward to the most, though? Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, if I had a PlayStation 4, I'd be very excited. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So you. <laughs> Wait, is it exclusively on PS4? I think so. I think, I mean, that's what it was for uh, PS2. I think my roommate has a PS4 that I'll have to fight oh, okay. to let me borrow. But you might want to check into that. I think it's on Xbox as well. Oh, that'd be amazing. I think, oh, I don't want to get your hopes up, but I thought, I thought that they had lost the exclusivity with that. I could be wrong. That'd be crazy. Yeah, that'd be I groundbreaking, be honestly. Because, I mean, well, remember that Resident Evil... 2 was PS, and then Resident Evil 4, for some reason, was GameCube, and then all those games now are on everything. Okay, okay, I get what you're saying, yeah. So you never know. You never know on that. But yeah, that's what I'm excited about. It's just a question of, when you're playing shows and you're also doing your work, how do you really find time to play video games as much as you want to? Oh man, I don't sleep. Ah, I gotta stay up. There you go. Well, there's Sometimes I get up at like 2.30 at work, like 2.30 a.m. And I just wake up before I have to go to work at 5 the next day. Wow. I sleep in until then and just do that. And or if I, or if I practice the next start meeting up with the band, I am, yeah. uh, I still stay up and I just suffer through it. 
Damn. <laughs> wow. You know, it's the, the industry has shifted a lot in the way that where we can mix business with pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. All day, it's all business right now. Right. Which is, which I like it that way. It kind of reminds me what I'm doing. For sure. Yeah, no, no. I, I absolutely, I understand that. All right, Zach. So I think that is a great place to end this conversation with. So I will have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can follow Offended by Everything with everything that you do. Make sure to pick up merch to check on when you're going out on tour, everything coming out. But until then, what is the best way for people to support you? Uh, literally, the best thing to do is uh, if you follow us on social media, that's the first step. Next step is just sharing it. Just retweet, like it, um, tell your friends about us because um, uh, all we want to do is just have a good time and share our art with people, support other people's art. That's what we're known for too. So yeah. please get that word out as much as you can. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we always like to repay the favors any, in any way that we can. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a lot of fun. People are just going to hear me laughing through most of the show. <laughs> I, I know that's a good show when I hear that. Next time, when you're on the show next time, we'll just make sure we have a little bit better connection. That's the only thing I think. Oh, God, yeah. That was the only weird thing. Just like the random drops in volume. But other than that, man, I love Evergreen. I love everything you guys have done. So I'm very much looking forward to anything you guys have coming out. And then also, if you guys make it up here to the East Coast, that is going to be awesome. So Zach, once again, man, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Yo, thank you, Ian. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Have a great day. You too, man. Thank you. All right, everyone. Welcome back. I know the quality of that call was a little off at times, but I hope you enjoyed the content as much as I did. A big thanks to Zach for taking the time out to be on the show. Make sure you check out The link's in the description of the episode to support Offended by Everything in everything they do. Also, if you liked what you heard, you can support me, Ian Hates, by following the other links in the description. Thanks once again to Zach and Offended by Everything. Did I tell you how much I like that name? I probably did. Anyways, we're going to end tonight with another track from Evergreen. This one's called The First Time. And I will leave you, the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.